Welcome to Season 2 of Mindfulness Off the Cushion. If you're familiar with the challenges of living mindfully and are looking for help in your daily dance with suffering, our goal is to be a resource for you. Once again, we're brought to you by the Austin Mindfulness Center. In today's episode, we'll probe the complexities of chronic pain. Without minimizing the undeniable experience of pain, we're going to do our best to offer up some ways that mindfulness can help us with coping. Chronic pain brings great limitations. Things we once enjoyed can be challenging, even impossible to participate in like we did before. Changes in lifestyle and expectations may become necessary. A grieving period is also very normal. In short, it takes time and help to acclimate to these changes, and it's not easy. It may seem counterintuitive, but one of the primary prescriptions for the experience of chronic pain may actually be found in developing a relationship with our pain. Once we've discovered, and to some degree at least, accepted that our experience of pain is chronic, we can show ourselves some compassion by finding a way to live with it. Chronic pain can rob us of our abilities to live life the way we used to. But we can also lean into identifying with other aspects of who we are. Using chronic pain as an invitation to explore other facets of ourselves that are meaningful to us can be greatly healing. In fact, research demonstrates that when people who experience chronic pain focus on something that brings value or meaning to their lives, the degree of suffering lessens. And the opposite of this, and this is the interesting part, is not true. People who do not experience chronic pain are no more likely to live fulfilling lives than those who do suffer from chronic pain. Isn't that amazing? So what's our takeaway here? Aim to pay deliberate attention to what brings you value and meaning in life, no matter the limitations of your body. And if you need help rediscovering what those meaningful things in life are, that's okay too. A loved one or trusted therapist will be well-equipped to help you uncover what matters to you as you navigate your relationship with chronic pain. I hope you're able to sit comfortably and take in a little bit of the wisdom shared with us today by Dr. Sears. Welcome back to Mindfulness Off the Cushion, Dr. Sears. Great to be back. So today we're going to continue on our short series of exploring a few of the most common presenting issues. Our focus today will be on the topic of chronic pain. Just like anxiety, this is a huge topic and one that is rightfully deserving of of its very own podcast, to be honest. And yet here we are, 
And we still want to go there. We want to talk about chronic pain and how mindfulness can help. So from a clinical perspective, Dr. Sears, how can we talk about mindfulness and how mindfulness helps with chronic pain um, without getting too far into the weeds? Yeah, chronic pain is, of course, a complicated issue, and we can start to scratch the surface of it here in a moment. But, you know, mindfulness is about being present with what is. And the reality is all human beings are going to end up uh, getting caught up in pain at some point. I had a, an older client come to me and said, you know, I went to my doctor and my doctor said, there's no such thing as chronic pain. And I said, how, how old was your doctor? Oh, in his twenties. <laughs> like, oh. Yeah. Cause you know, the older you get, the more just certain things are going to be going wrong or going different. And yet for some people, you know, things go horribly wrong and that it capacitates them. And some people can recover from those and some people can't. So what's the difference? Well, there's a lot of factors that we can just start teasing apart, but mindfulness is going to be a tool, first of all, to pay attention. What exactly is going on in my body? Is there anything that I might be doing to make it worse than it needs to be? You know, pain by definition is already bad enough, but is there anything I can do to help reduce the suffering that's involved with pain? And that's going to get into how am I reacting to it? How am I responding to it? So, Dr. Sears, the experience of pain is something universal. We all experience pain. What I'm curious to know is like, what is the difference between acute pain and chronic pain? And what is that distinction and how does it manifest in the life of a person? That's such a great question. And let me start with a disclaimer that I'm not a physician. And in fact, I know this is such a complicated topic. I remember in graduate school, and this was 20 years ago, I was in the medical library doing some research and just sitting up there on the shelf it was a book called The Book of Pain. <laughs> wow. <laughs> you know, it was quite a title, but it was literally, you know, about six inches wide. It was so wow. thick. And that was 20 years ago. You know, there's just so many things that go into pain. But let me just kind of touch, uh, as you said, you know, without going too deeply in the weeds, at least take a look at the big picture here. So pain is meant to be a signal, right? It's my body telling me something. Now, a lot of people will say, well, um, I'd love to have no pain, but as funny as it sounds, if you had no pain, you wouldn't live very long. There have been a few very rare cases where people were unable to experience pain and they didn't live very long because, you know, you stub your toe and you know, it swells up, you don't feel it, you don't notice it, um, you, you get a scratch, and then it gets infected, but you don't feel anything, and then it mm. spreads through your whole body, something goes on in the inside, you don't feel it, and then, you know, worse things happen. So, this is an important thing, right? Because normally people think pain is bad, and obviously it's not pleasant, but it's a messenger, you know, this is similar to what we we're talking about with emotions too. The emotions may feel unpleasant, but they're trying to give you information. Sometimes it's the wrong information. But if you think of it that way, okay, this is my body. It's trying to help. It's trying to tell me something. What is it that it's trying to tell me? You know, And typically, that pain signal will bring your awareness to it. And then it, your body will adjust to it. Your brain will sort of acclimate to this steady uh, stimulus. 
But for some people, and especially if it's a serious injury, you know, you break your back, you have a broken bone, there's something really awful going on, that signal continues because the problem's still happening. But your brain is supposed to acclimate to any steady thing. So something goes wrong when it turns into chronic pain. And there are a lot, a lot of factors there, certainly some medical ones to explore. But one thing mindfulness can help with is, as I said a moment ago, how am I reacting to the pain? So here's this pain that's very real. I don't like this pain, so I tense up against it. Well, now that I'm tensed up against it, I'm going to strain that part of my body even more, which could increase my pain because I really am angry about this pain, or maybe it's not fair. Maybe somebody injured me. Maybe this happened at work and they didn't compensate me for it. And all this anger can come up um, rightfully so. That anger sparks my stress response. Well, one of the things the stress response does is increase inflammation because when you're stressed, you might be injured. So your immune system gets some inflammation to try to get in there and fix whatever's going on, but it turns into a chronic condition. So now on top of the pain, I have muscle tension and inflammation and anger and all this stress response going on that can be one of the factors that maintains it. So the pain may not disappear if I break through that, but at least I can reduce some of the suffering by letting go of my fighting with my own pain. I hear a lot of like emotional words when describing pain and I think, you know, I've had students myself that um, I've had some serious chronic pain, a lot of back issues, and there is a sense that their day-to-day lives are hugely impacted. I remember having a client that I worked with and she used to be an avid hiker. She loved nature. And after the surgery, back surgery that she had, she was, she wasn't able to participate in hiking anymore. And she missed it desperately. And she was so saddened by this surgery and how it stripped her of this pleasurable experience that she had. So there was a sense of despair and sadness that um, was layered on top of the pain that she felt yes. in her back. What I'm hearing here is that the mindfulness, the ability to be present with the sensations of the pain and being able to discern, differentiate between the pain and our emotional response to it is going to help us deal with the pain more skillfully and with more wisdom, more compassion. Yes. And you said some very important things there. One is, yes, there's some very real emotional things that are going to happen when you get a serious injury or have chronic pain. So part of what we go through may be some grieving. And this is a delicate balance because sometimes you want to have hope. You know, you want to do the exercises your doctor gives you, try the surgeries if that's what the doctor recommends. And, you know, you think through all the possibilities. Sometimes there comes a point where I just have to accept my limitations and this may be my life from now on. And how am I going to redefine myself if up to this point I define myself as, say, a hiker or an athlete, and now it's going to have to be different. So there's going to be an important piece there. But I would say maybe there's some other value that you can find a way to live even with your limitations. I was working with a woman once who went through all kinds of back surgeries and just had all kinds of chronic pain. And she was saying to me, 
you know, my husband wants to go out to the mountains and go hiking. And she just started crying in my office and said, I'm just so frustrated that I'll never be able to do that again. I told him we can't go and I'm so sad. And I said, you know, I wonder, you know, obviously that is something to be very sad about, but I wonder if there's something in between hiking in the mountains and not going at all. I said, you know, what if you can just rent a cabin and, you know, based on what you're able to do, maybe walk around the cabin a little bit, or just, if nothing else, sit on the porch and just enjoy the beautiful scenery. And, you know, she said, wow, I I never even thought of that. Now, that's not at all what she used to be able to do, but, you know, can you still find a life even with the pain? That's going to be an important piece. Mindfulness Off the Cushion is sponsored by the Austin Mindfulness Center, the premier mental health counseling center in Texas for mindfulness-based therapy, education, and coaching. If you're an individual or couple struggling with stress, anxiety, depression, relationship issues, or you're just looking to better equip yourself to gracefully navigate these turbulent times, you can visit us online at austinmindfulness.org and request an appointment today. Now, the other thing you were getting at was really being able to relate differently to the pain. And this is going to be an important principle. And we can even do this in our exercise at the end today. This is one of those things that takes a little practice to get what I mean by this. But when you really ask yourself, what is pain? There's a difference between a thought or an image that just says, this is bad. I'm tensing up. I can't stand it. You know, legitimate thoughts to have. And the actual physical sensations. And again, this is not easy. I don't want to minimize how difficult pain is for people, but you know, there's a, a tension, there's a pulsation, there's a burning, you know, there's all kinds of different things that are happening there. And as scary as it may sound at first, to sort of almost move into it, breathe into it, and really look at what it is. Sometimes you can start to tease apart what it is. So instead of this mass of stuff, I just got to constantly fight. Is there something in this that can loosen up a little bit? Or at least can I learn to live with it or around it? You know, after all, this is my own body, but I start to treat it like it's an alien or, you know, some demon I've got to fight with and get rid of. And so I'm actually fighting myself. And so even though this has caused so much pain and so many limitations in your life, it's still you. So if you can pull up a little sense of self-compassion in there too, maybe a little bit easier to deal with because the tragedy is to not only lose the limitations, but then to mentally lose all enjoyment of life while you're angry and fighting this pain instead of finding something worth living for. There's a bit of a dichotomy that I hear In this situation, when we talk about mindfulness, we talk about the mind-body connection and how important that mind-body connection is to being able to what we call dropping in to our senses, dropping into the present moment. And then at the same time, we're painting a picture of someone perhaps who might identify as a hiker, and then something tragic happens. And they're in a situation now where they have to sort of redefine their identity because of their inability to perform in a way that they have in the past. 
why is that so complex? Why is that hard for me to get my mind around? I recognize the importance of the mind-body connection. And yet it seems like if suddenly I'm the type of person who can no longer get up and walk that mountain, hike that mountain, how am I going to be okay with that? Great question. And it's not something easy, right? It's not like you're going to say, oh, well, now that I think about it differently, it's all going to be different, right? There's going to be a grieving process. It's going to hurt not only physically, but emotionally as well. Also, part of this is recognizing the ability, the importance of flexibility and that you are so much more than anything you're doing. You're much more than your pain. You're much more than your thinking and feeling. You're much more than your identity as a hiker. It may be a very important part of you, but you're so much more than that. And so if we can tap into, you know, what is it about hiking that you love? Maybe there's something else in there, you know, being in the fresh air, being outdoors. And so are there other ways you can get that same type of experience, even if you're not physically capable of that? You know, and, you know, there could be so many different options, maybe not a ton of options, um, but maybe more than your brain tells you at first of different ways you can experience nature, if that's one important thing. Mm -hmm. That's beautiful right there. And I appreciate that question, Lance, because I think uh, a lot of us choose to identify ourselves by a certain role. Mm -hmm. It could be father, it could be mother, it could be worker, it could be X career, Y function. And when that is put into question, it tends to, it can really um, disorganize the self. And we can feel like, if I'm not this, then what am I? The mindfulness itself of what I'm hearing is that the mindfulness itself allows us to not just identify with one aspect of who we are, but it, it enables us to access the whole tapestry of who we are, that we are more than just this one function. And it's just, you know, having the, the courage to explore that and the adaptability to explore that. Yeah. And to see all those interconnections, right? This downward spiral can happen so easily, right? The pain is affecting me constantly. So I think about it constantly. I stop doing the things that matter to me because it hurts. And so my life gets smaller and smaller yeah. and smaller. I get more and more depressed. And so I stop doing things. And the research actually shows if you can find something you value, something that's important to you that makes your life more meaningful, it's actually likely to decrease some of the pain or at least some of the suffering. Um, but the opposite's not true. Even if you somehow can get rid of that suffering, it doesn't predict that your life's going to be more fulfilling. So what we want to do is try to find, even with my limitations, what would make my life more fulfilling? What would I like to do more of, have more of in my life within the reasonable limitations? And how can I start doing that? Not in a far-off future kind of a way, but even today, what are the things that really matter to me? I was listening to DJ Moran talk about a case he was consulting with of a woman who was in a nursing home and they were trying to get her out of bed to exercise. And she was like, oh, my pain's an eight. I can't get out of bed. And so this kept going on. So they brought DJ in and he said, hey, I got some things for you to do. And she said, oh, no, I, I, I can't get out of bed. My, my pain's an eight. And he said, well, what would you be doing if you didn't have that pain? 
oh gosh, well, um, probably be gardening. I always used to like to do gardens, but I haven't done that in a long time. And boy, I miss my grandkids. I haven't seen them very often because they just don't like to hear me complain all the time about my pain. And so he comes back the next day and he says, hey, come on, get out of bed. And she's like, oh, no, I really can't. It's, it's an eight. And I said, well, guess what? Your grandkids are here. You know, you gave me permission to contact them. And guess what else? I talked to the administration. They gave us permission to put a garden out there in the courtyard. So the kids are here with buckets and seeds and shovels. They're ready to go. And she somehow gets herself out of bed. And, you know, they're trying to do this little garden. Now, halfway through, DJ says, well, where's your pain now? She's like, oh, it's about a nine because the two-year-old just jumped on my back, but she's <laughs> out there doing it. Yeah. And over time, the pain did actually go down. Now, obviously, you have to be careful. There's very serious medical things you could damage and make things worse. But this is kind of the point I make to people. You're going to have this pain, and I don't want to minimize how serious and how awful it is, but you can sit in bed with your pain. Or find something that you can do, again, within the reasonable limitations of your body's capable of. Even if the pain doesn't go down, at least you'll have something a little bit more fulfilling. Because another unfortunate side effect is because we're in pain, we don't want to use our bodies. And when you stop using your body, it, right. the, you start losing muscle mass, you start losing tone. And gentle exercises you know, can be very helpful. And here's where you can start to change the function of the pain. And what I mean by that is instead of, oh, no, I can't stand this, it's like, okay, what is this telling me? Now, it could just be telling me, yes, this chronic thing is flaring up today, the weather's changing or whatever it might be. Um, but it could also be telling you, oh, you've been sitting in the same position too long, or maybe your posture's off and you're making the pain worse than it needs to be. I'll spare you the details, but I had a neck scan and they told me they were surprised I was sitting there talking to them. It looked so bad. <laughs> wow. And yet when I notice something coming up in my mind now, it's like, instead of, oh, this is unfortunate and I can't stand this. I can't believe and I'm way too young for this kind of thing. I just notice it as, oh, um, yeah, I forgot to do my exercises yesterday. I better go mm -hmm. do that now. It becomes like a signal to do some active thing or take care of myself or at least to check in and see, am I tensing against it? Am I under too much stress today or whatever it might be? So you start to change it from this horrible thing I have to get rid of to is this able to tell me something. Right. So Richard, you had mentioned earlier that you might have an exercise that you can step us through. Um, tell us what we can expect in the next episode. Yeah. So as I said, the chronic pain is complicated, but what I'd like to do is share an exercise where we learn to have an attitude of curiosity toward the pain. I know that sounds like a funny thing because the pain creates so many problems and it gets us angry. But creating a sense of curiosity can help us understand it, maybe even figure out something. But at the very least, let go of our fighting that may increase the suffering on top of the pain. Wonderful. Looking forward to it. If you're a first-time listener of Mindfulness Off the Cushion, first of all, thank you for listening. Second of all, in our very next episode, we'll call it a, a bonus episode. Dr. Sears will lead us through that exercise. Once again, thank you, Dr. Sears. Appreciate it. My pleasure. Be sure to join us in our next episode. 
for that bonus content by our special guest, Dr. Sears. We'll see you there.